Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but we're going to go with that this morning. Hey, if you're out there, uh, throw up a comment, give us a like, let us know. Let me see some people scrolling through. Let you, let me know that uh, we've got some people with us today, and uh, we're getting ready for our service, our Sunday morning a.m. There's Jess. There's our first uh, entry. John's with us this morning, and Kathy, good to have you guys. Hey, guys, go ahead and come on in. We're going to wait just a couple of minutes here to let everybody get in. Throw us up a like. Give us a comment. Let, me know, let us know you're there. And uh, we're going to start our, our message here in a few minutes, and then I, we're going to rearrange things a little bit this morning, okay? We're going to actually take care of announcements and some prayer stuff at the very end. Uh, that way, if you're a guest and joining us today, um, we'll get right into the message, and we're going to do that. Good to have Carrie and Katie's out there. I see Kayla and Jenny, you guys come on in. Olivia's with us this morning, and their family, Shelly, you guys come on in. We'll have a few more, I'm sure, a, a lot more jumping on in as we go, so keep throwing up those likes. Hey, let me just uh, remind you as you come in, go ahead and share this. We're doing this on our page, so it's available for the whole world to see. Uh, so, you know, hit likes, hit share. If you want to do the whole watch party thing and can make that work, that's fine. Um, but let's just let, let's let the world know what, what uh, God has given to share this morning. So we'd appreciate that very much. Uh, if you're here for the first time this morning, welcome. We're glad to have you with us uh, in, in this uh, virtual church reality that we're now living in. And uh, just excited to have you here. If you'd like to join our, our small group that goes on on Wednesdays, we'd love to have you be a part of that as well. Um, so there should be a link or a button on our page where you can go and you can join our group. And then on Wednesdays at 6.30, right now we're doing a study through Daniel, uh, Daniel's Prophecy. So we'd love to have you come and be a part of that as well. If you're here for the first time, again, welcome. We're just really uh, glad to have you and excited to have you. For those of you that are a part of Souls Harbor Church and have been for a long time, I just want you guys to realize we've had people on from all over the state. We've actually had people on from all over the country, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, so, and, and even the world, actually, even across the globe, we've had some people from other countries. So we're pretty excited about for that. You guys go ahead and come on in and, uh, it's good to see you guys. Christine's in, I see Brenda and Diana and Scott, and I don't even know who all I missed, but welcome. We're glad to have you this morning. Hey, um, I'm going to preach and I'm go, go, going to go ahead and jump into my message this morning. And then we're going to come back here in a little bit and we'll pray and we'll, um, We'll take care of sharing a couple of announcements and things going forward. So if you've got your Bibles this morning or your app, grab it and turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And I want to preach a message this morning. It's entitled, it's called, Don't Know, But Know. And you'll see kind of where that comes from this morning. I don't know, but I know. And we're, I, want to, I want to talk about, I really felt towards the end of the week, God was uh, kind of directing me towards a message on faith this morning, and that's what I want to preach about, is faith. Uh, and I'm going to preach it out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So you guys jump in there this morning. Hey, let me tell you a story. When I was in high school, and we've, uh, I've had off and on some people on that actually grew up and went to high school with me. And if you are from Napanee and uh, you actually were in high school about the time I, I was, you'll probably recognize this person. I had a teacher, he taught government econ, uh, and I can remember a story that he told, and, and he was talking about Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, actually, I think he was talking about unions in general in this class, 
and he was talking about the Teamsters and Jimmy Hoffa, and he made a statement that I, I want to give to you this morning, and it was this. Um, he said, Jimmy Hoffa was a part of the mob, okay? Uh, and I, I never forget this. Then he stopped, and he paused for a minute, and he looked out across the class, and he said, now, now look, guys, he said, don't you dare go home and tell your parents, your dads especially, that if they're in the Teamsters, they're a part of the mob. He said, I don't want to be getting phone calls tonight from irate parents. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, everybody that's in the Teamsters, most people in the Teamsters aren't a part of the mob. But he went on and he said this then, and this is the statement I want you to get. He said, he said I don't know that Jimmy Hoffa was a part of the mob, but I know he was part of the mob. And I give you that story this morning for this reason. That, that is maybe the best illustration of what faith is um, that, that, that I've ever heard. And it's not very often that you get Jimmy Hoffa and Jesus Christ kind of put together in a sermon. But we're going to work this this morning. We're going to make this work. I want you to see something. I want you to see um, the biblical example of what this teacher was throwing out there. I don't know, but I know. That's faith. Uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, if you've got your Bibles, uh, just kind of read this with me. And I'm going to read it. I don't do this often, but I'm going to actually read it out of two different translations, the ESV and the King James Version, and see if this isn't kind of what faith is and what I just described. Now, faith, get this, okay? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now, I don't really like that word hoped because in our culture, in our world, hoped is more of a wish, wishful thinking. I don't really expect it to happen. I don't really believe it. And that's not what they're saying there. But what they are saying is there those things in this world that I can't say I know 100% proof perfect, facts are there, but yet I know that's faith. That's the assurance of the things that I hope for or the things that I believe to be true, but maybe can't completely 100% prove. Faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. Now look, there are some things in this world that I can't see that doesn't make them true or not true just because I can't see. I can't see the wind, but Faith is that thing that gives me assurance and gives me conviction that what I can't see is still reality, is still true. Have you ever had, let me ask you this, have you ever had a friend or maybe a child, maybe a, maybe a grandchild, that you knew they had done something? You knew that they were lying to you, maybe? You, you knew, maybe even to be a positive thing, you knew that somebody had done something really good for you. And when you went and asked them about it, they're like, no, I don't know anything about that. And you can't prove it. You weren't there to see it. There's no way to verify it. But you know. If you've ever had that experience this morning, then you've had a faith experience. Let me read this out of the King James Version, too, because it, 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 re, uh, it changes the wording a little bit. It gives a little bit different meaning out of this. So I want you to see this. The King James puts it, puts it this way. Now, faith is the substance. It's what makes it real. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence. It's the proof. It's the proof that I need, that, that, that my conviction, it's the proof, the evidence of things not seen. This morning, I want to take some time and I want to dive a little deeper into this whole thing of faith. But let me, let me just toss this out for you before we go back to Hebrews for a minute, because I've watched Christians over the years abuse this. There is a difference between faith and presumption, okay? Um, to have faith is something based in a belief, a trust in God. To have presumption is something that's based in my own personal arrogance, okay? There's a difference between faith and presumption or arrogance. There's a difference, and sometimes Christians, 
we, we struggle a little bit with that. And I'll be honest, that, that, that is a place that every one of us has to be really careful of. When we step out and make a statement in faith, are we speaking in faith and trust in God, or are we speaking out of presumption? I just presume this to be, to be true. And as we go through this message this morning, we might want to take a few minutes and, and, and look at a couple of those things. There's a difference between faith and presumption, and I've watched Christians do this over the years, and, and, and I always get really... Um, nervous when I hear this, especially from 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 certain people. Um, God told me. God told me. Almost as if God Himself physically came down and entered their living room and gave them a written contract or a written order. This is what God said to me. Um, God led me. God helped me. God guided me. I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. There's a lot of ways that, that we can show that as faith, or I believe God is saying to me, but not allow it to slip into presumption and arrogance. So just, just something to keep a little balance here this morning and, and help us with this as we look into faith. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, I've been on that verse uh, several times in the last few weeks. Um, it is, it is, and I'm not going to go read it this morning. You all are welcome to do that. Um, but 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, all Scripture has been breathed out by God. It's put out there for a purpose or reason. And that purpose and reason is that it's to help me and it's to help you grow in our, our understanding of righteousness, grow in our spiritual uh, maturity, grow in, in, in ourselves, grow in, in the Lord. And, and that's this morning as we look into Hebrews 11.1, 1, what I want you to keep in mind. Many of the stories we're going to look at are actually Old Testament stories, but they're out there in order to help us. So I hope what I share this morning helps you and there's application. I really think that's important when it comes to preaching God's Word. Hey, let's jump into this this morning. Um, Hebrews 11, and I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of these out of the ESV. If you use the King James, that's awesome. You go ahead and do that. Um, they'll track, I think, pretty well together. So Hebrews 11 um, and let me just read verses 1, 2, and I'm going to jump on down into 3 then. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Now, I'm going to work this morning through the first seven verses of Hebrews. Let's take a minute before we do that, and let's do this. Let's pray. If you all will bow your heads with me, let's just take a moment, and let's take this all to God. I think he's got some helpful things in there for each one of us. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for being an awesome God. Thank you for caring about us. Thank you for the word that you've given us. And I pray this morning as we spend these next 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, together, uh, studying and looking at your word together, that God, it, it would go beyond just uh, an education. God, it, it, your Holy Spirit would step in and take it into the depths of our heart. God, we, I don't preach, we never preach at Souls Harbor just for knowledge. We preach for change. We preach for life impact. And I pray this morning the Holy Spirit would step in and help us to have and experience each one of us a life impact as you work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let's look at this. So Hebrews 11.3, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. 
So by this, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God. Now remember this. This is given for us, for our edification, our building up, our strength, our understanding, our growth in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16. So we understand by faith that the universe was created by the Word of God. So what does that do for me? And, and, and this is, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here this morning, but I, I talk about this off and on because it's really important, especially really important in this day and age, especially especially really important for our, our teens, our kids, and our youth, and especially those that are, are going towards college. And here's the reason I say this this morning, because too often I've ran into Christians that want to be dogmatic about how the universe was created. And by that I mean there, there are a lot of beliefs about how the universe was created. Uh, some people believe it was created in a literal seven days, okay, um, 24 hour, seven twenty or six 24 hour days and the seventh day to rest. And and if you believe that, I, I'm not I'm not um, chastising you or criticizing you. That's that, that's fine. Um, some people believe that it was across eons and the seven days are figurative. Some people believe that there was a lot of creation at the very beginning and then there was a long gap and then God created other 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 ways. Some people just a whole lot of different ways that people believe the universe was created. Can I give you this this morning? Here, here's what I, I see in Genesis when I read it. In the beginning, God created. In Genesis 1, and what I'm talking about in, in Hebrews this morning, there's the faith piece of this. I have to believe that God created the universe and he spoke it by his words. But that isn't to say he created it by this means or this means. He spoke it. He spoke it. His words were what started the process, but how that process moved forward, we don't know. So we got to be really careful with this whole dogmatic thing that, no, Pastor Barry, I know that this is the way it is. You know what that's called? And, and, and please forgive me for being so blunt and direct this morning. Um, that's called presumption, okay? Uh, it, it, it's called assuming that the way I understand it is the only way that it possibly could have been. Now, listen, there are some things in this world that we're, we're, we ought to be that way about. But when you move past in the beginning, God created I'm not so sure that that's the case. And here's what happens. We've, we, we set this up, if we're not careful, we set this up to say to our young people and, and say to our kids that, you know what, you've got a choice. You can either follow science and, and follow college, or you can follow faith. And if you go the science route, if you, if you go the, the route of, of, of science and, and pursuing hypothesis and following things up, then you can't be a person of faith. And I want to tell you this morning to our young people that are sitting out there and our kids that are sitting out there, if somebody's telling you that and teaching you that, I love them, you love them, but they're mistaken, okay? Um, Paul says this, he says in verse 3, by faith, by faith, I wasn't there, you weren't there, nobody alive was there. We don't have that incontrovertible, this is the way God did it proof. What we do have is an assurance of, you know what, I can't prove to you, maybe I don't know that I know how God made it or that God made it, but listen to me, just like my teacher and Jimmy Hoffa, I know God made it. That's faith. And we're cutting in and out, so if we lose you guys again, uh, we will absolutely be back, so don't bail on us, all right, if that happens. Hey, um, still got people checking in this morning. Let's keep going in this thing of faith. I believe there's just some really good stuff in here, some really true true stuff in here. Creation is one of those places where faith is something that really matters. We have to make sure it's faith and not presumption. Let's move on. Let's look down this morning together at verse 4. And the, the author of Hebrews says this, By faith, Abel to God, 
sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So let's just let's look at this one again with a 2 Timothy 3.16 perspective. How does this matter to me? How does this apply to me? By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Um, let me tell you, uh, let, me, let me just put this into a little bit of a narrative. So there was a young man, uh, story from years ago. There was a young man that grew up with religious parents. Now, now you want application? That's you and me, many of us. Uh, he grew up hearing his parents talk about God. He grew up hearing his parents talk about the reality of God. But he never really knew God. He never really for sure had that Red Sea moment, never really had that Garden of Eden moment, never had that moment where God specifically spoke to him. But he grew up hearing about God and having a religious experience. See, I almost think that was probably Cain and Abel. They grew up with Adam and Eve. I mean, these guys had walked in the garden with God himself. They grew, they, they grew up hearing the stories of God and the stories of the garden from their mom and their dad, from Adam and Eve. But God had separated himself in some sense from them at that point, and they never had that same kind of experience. So it was one of those things where, you know, they had to be fit. They had to work through this process of, yeah, I've heard mom and dad talk about him. I've heard mom and dad share their experiences. I've heard their stories. I know their history. I know what they say. But I wasn't there. And I don't know. And they had to make a decision. They may not know, but they had to make a decision. Am I going to have faith and know myself? And we get the story, Abel, it says, Abel, it was by faith, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice. And Abel, in his heart, had this moment where he must have came to a place where he said, you know what, I don't know, but I know God is real. And because I don't know, but I know God is out there and God is real. When I bring him a sacrifice, because culturally that was just the way that everybody that was on the earth at that time, everybody um, handled worship. It, it was offering a sacrifice. So Abel said, because I maybe I don't know, I wasn't there, I wasn't in the garden, but I know. He said, I'm going to bring the best sacrifice I can. And if you read the story in Genesis 4, Abel did two things. He brought the firstborn, the very first um, thing that was available, and it says he brought the best. He brought the, of the fat of the, of the land. Um, Abel brought the very best, okay? His brother Cain, on the other hand, he was kind of what a lot of us do. Sadly, too many Christians do anyway, and he wasn't about faith. He was about just going through the motions. He was about token Christianity. Token, it wasn't Christianity, but token religion. Um, Cain's mindset must have gone something like this. You know, I don't know that God exists. I wasn't there. I wasn't in the garden. I have heard the stories too. Cain's mindset must have went like this. I don't really know, but I think I'm going to go ahead and offer a sacrifice just to be safe. Just make sure. Just to be safe. Um, and I'm afraid this morning, too many Christians, can I just say this to you this morning? That's the way we handle our relationship with God. It's not that we choose and we believe that we, God absolutely exists and I'm going to bring him my best. It's that, you know what, he might exist, therefore I better do something. I better go to church once in a while. I better pray once in a while just to cover all my bases. And, and that is not faith. Abel had faith. 
And we get this story out of Genesis 4, and we get it picked up here in Hebrews. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. It was his faith that brought him to a place where he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. God accepted the gift that Abel offered, but not the gift that Cain offered. And through the faith, though he died, he still speaks. You know, um, so what do you bring to God? What, what, what kind of sacrifice, life, um, commitment do you bring to God? Now, I'm not talking about offerings. I'm not talking about money this morning. I'm talking about what you bring, the depths of your soul, your being. What do you bring to God, and how do you bring it? Do you bring it by faith, as Abel did, that, you know, maybe there's this little bit, I, I, don't, I can't prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, but I know God exists, and I'm going to give him my best? Or do you do it more like Cain, where... Uh, maybe he's out there and I don't really want to go to hell, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. Listen to me. The first is faith that God accept, accepts and we, we are commended for it and it becomes righteousness. The second is just going through the motions and tokenism. And, and, and this is really sad, but there's a passage in Matthew, and, and, and I'm not going to go and read it to you this morning, but many of you will know it, but it basically says this. I'm going to paraphrase it this morning. It says, on the day of judgment, when we all stand before God, many people will stand before God and be startled and shocked because he says, listen to me, I don't know who you are. I didn't know who you are. I've never known who you are. You're not part of me. And they're going to be shocked. And they're going to say, but we did this and we did this and we did this. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never even knew you. And what that all comes down to is, have you got an able heart or have you got a king heart? I hope this morning you have an able heart. And if you don't, if, you, if you've never had that level of faith, then I pray this morning, my prayer for you is, God, step into their hearts, step into their lives, and make it a reality for them. Let's read a little further this morning. Let's look at another guy. His name was Enoch. And we're only going to go down through seven verses this morning, so just hang with me, okay? Don't bail out on me. Um, verse 7, by faith, or I'm sorry, I, I jumped too far. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And here's where the author of Hebrews makes a connection for me and you. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Our heart's desire, our, the, the thing that drives us should be, I want to please you, Lord. I want to please you, God. And he goes on and he says this in verse 6. He says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, get this this morning. What I just was sharing about Cain and Abel, get this. If you have Cain faith, you cannot please God. It's not possible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This morning, I want to say to you, um, if you want to please God, if you've, got to, you've got to have faith. You've got to believe a couple of things. One is that God exists. And the second one is that he absolutely blesses and rewards and cares for and makes a difference in the life of those who seek him. That's what we gain and what we come to out of Enoch, or out of Hebrews with the story of Enoch. He believed that he existed. Um, and you say, Pastor Barry, but I don't know. I, I don't know. See, if, if, you, if you knew, now, now get this, okay? If you knew that you knew, if you had incontrovertible proof, if you had God himself physically come down and sit in your living room 
and give you the proof without a doubt, that's not faith. There is a piece of this thing we call Christianity, this thing we call following God, that requires faith. Faith is also a choice. I choose to believe, not blindly, not dumbly, but I choose to believe. And I want to encourage you this morning, will you do that? Will you grab hold of that? Will you make the choice? Will you choose to believe? Will you let slip into your heart this morning as the Holy Spirit works into you uh, the knowledge that maybe it's not incontrovertible proof, but I know. I know God exists. I know God rewards those that seek him. Let me read this morning this last one. It's Hebrews eleven seven, and it's the story of Noah in one verse. Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. So, so there's the faith piece of it, okay? He, didn't, he hadn't seen the events. Uh, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. But by this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Now a couple things out of that I want to touch on. First is the righteousness that comes by faith. Keep that in mind. But let me just say this this morning. Um, back to faith versus presumption. Listen to me. If you wake up one morning, and I don't think it worked this way with Noah. I don't think Noah just woke up one morning and decided, you know what? I think God last night told me I need to build an ark. I suspect, and I think if we go and look at the story, we'll see it. God spoke to Noah, and likely God confirmed to Noah, hey, Noah, this is really me. Now, here's, here's where the presumption comes in, and we have to be really careful. And let me just throw out some really practical things to help you with this. I've watched too many Christians, too many believers get themselves into trouble by saying, God told me. When in reality, God didn't tell them. It was their own dreams, their own desires, their own presumption, sometimes their own arrogance that got them there. When God, If God ever comes to you and says, hey, uh, go build an ark in the backyard. Um, do this for me. Don't just go down to Lowe's and start buying lumber. Take a few minutes and say, God, if you're telling me to build an ark, I'll build an ark. But would you please confirm this for me? Would you please give me part two? Would you please follow up? Would you please give me another indication? Um, there's this thing in the Old Testament comes from uh, the story of Gideon where he, he was told by God to do something and he got, said, God, I, I, I'm going to put a fleece. Uh, uh, it, it, was a, it was the skin of a, of a sheep, a lamb out. And he, he just basically said, God, if you're really behind this, I want you to do these things for me. Show me a sign. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? And sometimes when we think we're hearing from God do something that is that far out there, like, hey, build an ark in your backyard, we really need to make sure we, we get that constant, we get it confirmed. God, is it really you? Trust me, there's been a couple of really big things in my life where I've been praying and I've been asking God for guidance and direction. Uh, one, one was coming to this church. God, do you want me to go and pastor Souls Harbor Church? And in, in each of those instances, it has been a process, it has been time, it has been fasting, it has been prayer, it has been saying, God, show me, confirm to me, and, and we've got to be careful that we don't too quickly jump off on something, calling it faith, when in reality, it was just presumption, okay? So make sure that, that, that when you step out in faith, that you're really stepping out in faith and get it confirmed. Another way we can avoid getting ourselves into trouble is this. We can go to the Word of God. I, I'm not going to throw any names out there, 
Um, some of you will know, some of you won't. Big, big names uh, in, in the, the national, international scene, music scene of people that step out and say, hey, God told me to do this or God told me to do that. The one that comes to mind is God told me to divorce my husband, leave my husband. And I really have a struggle with that um, because the reality is God's word teaches something different unless there's some very specific things going on there. That's not a direction God's going to take you. And one of the ways we can confirm is this faith or is this presumption is go to the Word of God and, and what does it say? It's a great way. It's a great way for us to find out the truth. Let me give you this last one, okay? And, and then I want to bring this whole thing this morning um, to a close. Um, we confirm things. We get support with Scripture. But, and this is going to sound kind of ironic, the way we're living our Christian walk right now. This Christian walk is meant to be done in community, okay? Um, we're not meant to do this alone. God is not about lone rangers. He is about us studying the Word of God together. He is about us praying together. He is about us seeking God together. He is about my community, my family, my church, people that I care about. He is about them coming alongside me when I believe I've heard a word from God that says step out in faith. He is about them coming along beside me and agreeing with me and, and them coming along and supporting me and giving me confirmation and giving me all of those things. You don't know how many times over the years, and, and there's not been a huge number of them, but there has been times where I've thought, you know, I really think this is God saying this to me. And then somebody in my life would come along and say, hey, have you thought about this? Or, hey, have you considered this? Or maybe it was just simply this, hey, you know what? I will pray with you about that, and we'll just see where your heart goes. And as soon as they start praying with me, all of a sudden, wow, yeah, maybe maybe I did not hear quite as clearly as I thought. So Noah was the guy that he did something crazy. Look, listen to me, okay? Building an ark is crazy. Now, if my son's on this morning and my grandkids... They've, got, they've actually got an ark in their backyard. Um, so you all aren't crazy because their ark happens to be one of those playhouse arcs things. So apart from a playhouse ark, building an ark in your backyard is crazy. Uh, so if you're going to do crazy, cra crazy is not necessarily bad if crazy is absolutely a word from God. But here's, here, here's where I want to end this this morning, this Noah piece of, of this, this, this faith versus uh, presumption piece of this. L listen to me. Faith isn't just something that happens within Christianity. There's a lot of crazy going on in the world. A lot of death, a lot of murder, a lot of abuse, a, a lot of genocide, a, a lot of fighting, a lot of war, a lot of things that are happening in the name of faith in my God. And it's, it's sometimes it's, it's Christians, some, many times it's others. And, and that's not what God's about. That's not what we're to be about. So make sure if you're going to step out and do something that's really out there and it's really crazy, it lines up with God's word, your community is behind you in it and praying with you, and, and that you've absolutely had confirmation from God. It'll keep you out of so much trouble. Let me end this last piece and let me bring this message to a close this morning with this last statement that was made here in Hebrews 11, uh, 7, the second part of this. It, was, it, it says this in the second part of verse 7. Um, he became, Noah became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And let me just take a minute and talk to um, those of you out there that maybe aren't walking in a faith relationship with God yet. Um, and, and maybe some of you are, I say, Pastor Barry, listen to me. I, I, my, my heart, my life's not really where it ought to be. And I do have concerns about 
uh, eternity, and I have concerns about God and my relationship. Let me just talk to you for a minute about being a follower of Christ and what it means. There, there's a passage uh, in Romans. I'm going to read it this morning. Uh, it's Romans chapter 4, and you all are certainly welcome to turn over there with me this morning if you like. Romans chapter 4, uh, and it's verse 19, and it's the story um, that picks up with Abraham, who was Abram, and God said something crazy to him. Abram, I know you're 100 years old, 99 years old, but you're going to have a baby, and out of that baby is going to come the ultimate Messiah, which we know is Jesus Christ. Um, talk about a moment of faith. You're 99 years old. Your body doesn't uh, physically, sexually work that way anymore, but you're going to have a baby. And he told the same thing to Sarah. But it says this in verse 19. He says, talking about Abraham, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced, fully convinced, faith, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had just promised. And this is what I want you to see this morning, verse 20, 33, that will connect to you. This is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Get that, catch that this morning. This really makes a difference. This really matters to you this morning. His faith was counted to him as righteousness. Didn't say his faith made him righteous in the sense that he became perfect without sin. It made his, I mean, his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Verse 23, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours, ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Some of you this morning that are out there, you're convinced that you're not good enough to ever have your life made right with God. And I want you to know that's not exactly right. Abraham was made righteous. It was counted to him as righteousness by his faith. And here's what I want you to see this morning. People throw this at Christians sometimes. You all Christians think you're perfect. Well, let me tell you, any Christian with any maturity will be the first to tell you, I'm not perfect. I still struggle. I still have moments of weakness. I still have times where I have to repent of sin. No Christian that has any maturity is going to tell you, yeah, I'm perfect. What a Christian will tell you is that I believe by faith that Jesus Christ, who was God made flesh, John chapter 1, um, I believe that Jesus Christ, who was God made flesh, hung on a cross and died on a cross to take my place and pay the price for my sins. Does that make me without sin? Does that make me perfect? No, it doesn't. What it does is it puts me in a place where God can count my faith, my belief in Jesus, my belief that God himself became flesh, that God, that Jesus hung on a cross. What, what it means is that faith, that belief, I can't maybe 100% prove it, but I know that it's true kind of thing, that faith, what it means is God can now count that faith for me is righteousness. Another way to put that would be this. Before I came to accept Christ as my Savior, God looked at me, and to the extent he could look at me, he saw sin upon me because he looked directly at me. But once I became a Christian, once I became a person of faith, once I came to accept that Jesus Christ died on a cross and paid the price for my sins, all of a sudden Jesus stepped in between me and God. And when God the Father looks at me now, he looks at me through the blood of Jesus. He looks at me through Jesus and, and while I'm still not perfect, 
I still have moments of failure, as we all do. Um, when God looks at me because of my faith, it's counted to me as righteousness. Now, some people want to abuse that. I'm going to be honest with you all, and I know some of you right now are thinking, Pastor Barry, you need to finish this, so let me, let me just finish this. Some people want to abuse this, and they want to say this, you know what? Um, because of that, because Jesus died for my sins, I can live my life any way I want. I can be a hellion. I can sin. I can do whatever. I can chase after what makes me feel good. Well, I would challenge you with this. If you really feel that way and you're really living your life that way, do you really have faith that Jesus was the Son of God and died for you? Because I'm going to tell you what, somebody that I really believe died for me is not somebody that I, I'm going to misuse and abuse and take advantage of. So if you really have that faith, you're going to live your life in a way to do everything in your strength and your power and with God's help to live a life that pleases Him and that's holy. But you know in those moments where you come up short, God's grace and God's mercy will cover because faith and not by works. We're saved by faith, not by works. I want you to get that this morning. Let me end this with this for any of you out there maybe that have never accepted Christ, never stepped into faith in Christ. And, and faith is, I've, I've been describing it this morning. Romans 10.9, it says this, If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. If we confess, if we open our mouths and say, God, listen, by faith, I accept that Jesus was God made flesh. He is, he is Lord and he's now Lord of my life. If we do that, we will be saved. We'll be saved from that moment of judgment standing before God and him looking at us and only seeing sin. Um, I'll give you this last passage, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And those are the two pieces. Those are just two, the, the two parts. And it, it's, a, it's a prayer. It's a prayer from the heart, not from the mouth. It's a prayer from the heart that flows from the mouth. It's a prayer that's sincere. It's a prayer that says, God, this morning by faith, I confess that you're Lord. I confess that you hung on a cross. I confess that you died for my sins. This morning, I choose to be a person of faith and step into a relationship with you. And this morning, I've got sin in my life. There's stuff in my life I know is displeasing to you. And this morning, I admit that. I confess that. I choose to walk a different direction, and I ask you to forgive me for that. And in that moment, in that time, in that place, in that instant, whether it's in your living room, in your bedroom, whether it's at an altar, at a, in a church building, whether it's in your car, wherever it may be this morning, when you do that, you become a a person of faith and God looks at you and he sees somebody that he counts it to you as righteousness because of your faith and you become saved born again are the ways that scripture describes it and this morning if you've never done that I really hope and I pray and I trust and I ask that you will that you'll take a moment and do that hey we're gonna pray this morning and um, I want to go ahead and pray here in just a minute for several needs that we've had come in. And I don't know that I mentioned this at the beginning. Hopefully you all have been on before. And if you haven't, forgive me. You can go ahead and put a prayer request out there. There's a link that will take you to a prayer request card um, if you click on it. And if you didn't get it in, I probably won't get it now to pray. But we will send it out to our prayer team this week. Um, so we are going to pray this morning for several uh, different needs. Um, and so let me just take a moment here and look these over. We want to pray this morning for a, a cousin um, who's dealing with the death of his mom and pray for their family. We want to pray for another cousin this morning. Uh, I mentioned it on Wednesday. Uh, one of our, our family, church family, uh, had a cousin that is dealing with the consequences of a stroke, very young. We want to pray for her this morning. Laura is her name. And we want to pray for a couple of sisters um, that have been quarantined and are um, dealing with the symptoms of possibly having 
COVID. So we want to pray for those needs this morning. And I'm going to ask if you're still with us, and I hope everybody's still out there. Uh, hang on for just a minute. We're going to pray. We want to pray tonight or this morning over the finances of our family, our church, and everybody that's on here. We want to pray over your finances. I know right now we're hearing unemployment numbers that are just coming out that are just crazy. So we want to pray for them. We want to pray for our missionaries this morning. And if you are one who supports our missionaries and supports them around the world financially for sure, but also with your prayers and your cards and your care, please let me just encourage you continue to do that. It's more important now than it's ever been before, okay? Um, so let's do this this morning. Let's pray together. If you'd bow your heads with me, let's just take a few minutes. Lord, we come before you this morning and we pray over each one of these needs. We pray for these sisters that are, are dealing with the COVID-19. Um, we, we pray this morning that you would touch them and you'd heal them, whether it's COVID-19 or something else. We ask you to touch their bodies. We ask you to give them strength and we ask you to bring supernatural healing to them. We pray, God, at the same time, you give wisdom to the doctors and to their families and, and God, keep them safe. We ask you to be with them in Jesus' name. We pray this morning for this cousin that's recovering from the stroke. We're asking you to keep your hand up on her. We're trusting and we're believing and we're praying and we're asking this morning for complete recovery. Touch her body, touch her mind, bring healing to her this day in Jesus' name. And we pray this morning for this family that has lost a mom. Uh, we pray, God, that you be with them. We ask you, Father, that you would encourage them. We pray that you would strengthen them. I, I pray this prayer, Lord, this morning, that you would bring around them people, neighbors, family, pastors, ministers, whoever you may choose that will give them words of encouragement, that will pray with them, that will be with them, that will listen to them, that will just, maybe the most important thing, just be with them in this time. And I pray, Lord, above all else, let your Holy Spirit be there in this moment with them and let them feel the peace of God. We pray this morning, and I pray over the finances of, of everybody that's on this, uh, this, this live feed. God, some are working, many are working, some are not. Whatever the case, I ask you to provide. We ask you, Lord, to give us this day our daily bread, as your prayer says, uh, that you provide income, that you provide necessities, that you give us wisdom to use the resources we have well. And I pray for those that are unemployed, that God, either you will provide um, there or you will open up the doors for a job some in some other avenue. Lord, however you choose to do it, we just ask you to provide. We pray for our missionaries. We ask you to touch them, strengthen them, be with them, and bless them. We pray, God, that you continue to let them feel the presence of the living God and anointing upon their life as they proclaim this gospel. And I pray, God, as we as the family of God uh, take care of each other, we also remember they're part of our family. And we send out our cards, we send out our notes, we send out our messages, we send out our prayers, and, and we continue to lift them up financially as well. Lord, we ask it this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, last thing this morning, and I'm looking to see, we've got a, a few people, I see some thumbs up there. Hi, Greg. Good to have you with us. And, and Bill's out there and Jan and Jimmy and Sam. Uh, good to have you guys this morning. Dee Dee. Hey, guys. Uh, last thing I want to share with you before we uh, call it an end for this week uh, is uh, we actually have the, the winner of our picture last week with the Easter um, egg hunts. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't pick it. Okay, although I agree with that, I think it's a great pick. We had, and I say that because I'm just going to toss Ruthie under the bus. We had so many great pictures, I didn't even want to try. So I just said, Ruthie, you pick one. And, uh, and she did. Uh, so our winner is, and let me look at my notes, make sure I absolutely got this right, Callie. Callie is the winner. Congratulations, Callie. You had a great picture she made. If you didn't see it, she had some eggs, and she lit them up and put them in the form of SHC. Great marketing, great promo, Callie. You did a super job. 
uh, and a lot of you guys had some really good pictures. I hope you guys had fun with that. It seemed like everybody did. It was a lot of fun to go back and look at them, both the resurrection eggs and, uh, and, and then the Easter egg hunt. So we've got a $15 gift card for Starbucks coming your way, Callie. Now, whether that actually goes to you or goes to mom and dad, uh, I'll let you all work that out. Maybe it depends on who gets the mail first. I don't really know. Um, hey, we're also watching uh, our governor. We're trying to find out when we can open back up and what that may look like. So we don't have any information, as you probably know, because I'm sure you're all watching as well. Uh, but we're excited and looking forward to the opportunity to uh, get back to being able to gather together. And we're thinking through, and this is a great place for you all to pray with, with us and, and pray with me about this. W once we get back, um, which I'm excited to do, uh, is there a, a venue, is there a way that what we're doing here with Facebook Live could continue as an additional service? Because um, there are people that are hearing the Word of God preached and people that are joining us um, that normally wouldn't. And I hate to see that fall away. So we're, we're just praying through what would that look like? How could we do that so, as well? So pray with us about that. That's one of those things we really want to hear God's voice in. It's one of those faith things, okay? Uh, and uh, looking forward to that. Hey, you guys, listen, man, uh, I miss you all. I really do. I, I try to talk to a few of you every week. Um, uh, I, I get a chance, uh, two or three or four uh, each week, and if I haven't gotten to you yet, then um, I'll be honest with you, I hope I don't get a chance to because I hope we're all back to church really soon, but I probably will. Uh, so I love you guys. appreciate you so much. appreciate your kind um, words and encouragement to each other and to me and Ruthie. And I just want you to know we love you and we're praying for you. And keep taking care of each other. Keep praying for each other. Keep taking care of your neighbors. And uh, hopefully the world will come back to some semblance of normal soon. God bless. Have a great Sunday afternoon. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.